Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And with me once again are Daniel and Tim. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. I'm really upset that all the stuff that we recorded before this, you are not going to let people hear. I am not going to include my anticlimactic burp laughing through trying to get through the name of the podcast because of stuff that was said beforehand. What I said, I personally think was fantastic. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, and Daniel's here. <laughs> just going to say hey, guys, all night. Yeah. <laughs> So what you think of Gemini? Hey guys, <laughs> that's anticlimactic. <laughs> oh. Is that what your wife deals with? <laughs> hey guys, like farmers. D- Daniel, Daniel, come to bed. Hey guys. <laughs> so you're done. <laughs> yes. So tonight, uh, this is our third episode going through the uh, Chattanooga Film Fest coverage, and tonight we're talking about bigger budget movies, or at least closer to big budget. Things that seem more like major studios. In other words, it's a movie that has, like, actors that you would be like, really? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, probably the first one, the first group of movies that we're going to talk about where when we start listing people, people outside of film circles would be like, oh yeah, them. Um, and pretty much every episode that we've done so far and every episode that we will do, I'm going to talk about like why we love the film fest and what's so great about it. And even though one of the things that I love so much about the film fest is that it is uh, very much an opportunity to see movies that you wouldn't have a chance to see otherwise, the inclusion of some of these movies does help it to be a lot more all-inclusive rather than this is just for film nerds or this is just for you know obscure cinema it gives that that sort of well-roundedness of look doesn't matter what kind of movie you like there is going to be something for everyone excuse me <laughs> i told you it was going to be anticlimactic <laughs> all of them yes hey Every... guys it's <laughs> the worst episode <laughs> What's really funny though is like you keep using the phrase anticlimactic and you keep saying it, and now your your nice your nice lovely wife is sitting here on the couch and I'm really wanting to question things like, <laughs> is this the way it always is? Like, see, always like I'm sorry, it was anticlimactic. Like, <laughs> just didn't go over the way I thought it would. <laughs> and that's what she says in her turn. <laughs> She's like, burp. Hey guys. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> Tanner just pops up. <laughs> no. That's never a good time. Ever. <laughs> Way to ruin a night. Hey, guys. <laughs> so, very far off track. Back to movies. Um, so, the four that we're talking about tonight are Ghost Stories, Gemini, I Kill Giants, and The Last Movie Star. Um so bigger budget uh, in the sense of um, again like either like bigger studios or well-known actors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, tonight there is Ghost Stories, and that has Martin Freeman, um, not as a main character, but he's part of what gives it sort of that bigger budgety feel. Uh, Jim and I, with John Cho, John Cho, and Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Woo-hoo. 
That was Daniel Kewing, by the way. Uh, I kill giants with Zoe Saldana and Imogen Poots, whose name always makes me chuckle. She's so pretty, too. Like, that's the crazy thing. It's like, did you pick a stage name? <laughs> I I don't want to know what stage she came from with Imogen Poots. I don't know. Uh, and then Last Movie Star with Burt Reynolds and that kid from uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Sex Drive. <laughs> and what's Clark Duke? Sure. Clark Duke's the kid from Hot Tub Time Machine, Sex Drive. Uh, he had a stint yep. on... Yep, um, yeah, Clark He Duke. had a stint on um, The Office. Um, and then... And then um, what's your name? Ariel Winters. Yes. Or Winter. Ariel No Pants. We'll get to that, and I will do my complaining <laughs> in due time. So, <clears throat> Ghost Stories. Uh, it's an IFC Midnight film, and apparently it was a stage production. Like, this used to be a stage play that now is a movie. And it is... All right, I don't want to give spoilers away, because a spoiler would definitely... I don't know if it would ruin the movie, but it would definitely change the movie. Um, but it's about a uh, sort of like ghost stories debunker. So rather than someone who is like, oh, we're going to go out and try to find all of these ghosts and supernatural things. It's the guy who like uh, the, the opening scene is there is a, um, a, a guy who is doing like a big almost like a televangelist but talking to the dead and like oh yes i can i can see there's a there's a john there's a you know that kind of guy trying i can't remember the the name of what that is right now psychic medium whatever uh it's like opening scene the main character walks out and says this is all lie uh he's getting information fed to him through an earpiece so like his entire existence is basically to disprove the supernatural so he basically gets sent on a mission to try to debunk these three ghost stories that a previous guy who was doing a very similar thing could not debunk and so it's like all right of all the times that i've said this is just complete hooey and hogwash these three made me believe i need you to debunk them for me basically so that i can believe and not believing again doesn't really matter the uh, the setup to it. <clears throat> Three ghost stories, and it's a uh, it's a British film, and so the ghost stories are very atmospheric, and like it feels like listening to an old British storyteller, like telling you, oh, you know, this haunted uh, psychiatric ward and um, the uh, the demon out in the forest. So like the stories that are being told feel very very classic in a way but without feeling boring or overdone the acting is incredible um lots of jump scares but also some good underlying horror driving the movie some of the jump scares actually made someone scream like that's the first time i think that i've ever been in a movie theater where someone screamed during the movie and yeah it uh it was great there's not a whole lot more that I can say about it without getting into some of the spoilers, without getting into 
part of what made the underlying horror so horrific. But it is... If it weren't for the fact that we're going to do an episode later on with these are our top movies, um, like this one probably would have been towards the top of my list from the weekend. It was just, just amazing. Cannot recommend it enough. And Daniel, you caught part of it. Unfortunately, you weren't able to stay for the rest of it. But from the from the parts that you were there, what what did you think of it? The only part I saw was um, <clears throat> the beginning, the televangelist part. And uh, some part where there was like a night watchman in like a building or something, and he goes, he keeps hearing stuff going on. I mean, it it seemed really atmospheric uh, successfully, but um, yeah, I, I didn't catch much more than that. The night watchman one, uh, <clears throat> it felt very descent like in the sense that you could not see anything except for where he was shining his flashlight, and and I want to say that. It was during that part that someone screamed during the movie. Because <laughs> he's shining his light and you see nothing. And he's shining it and you know something is going to pop up. Like you just know it because well, it's a horror movie and you've seen horror before. And he's just moving his flash around, flashlight around. It's like, all right, I know there's about to be a jump scare. I know there's about to be a jump scare. I'm ready for it. I'm not going to jump. And then he comes back and creepy little girl. And of course everyone jumps. <clears throat> oh, I, it is so... So good. Um, yeah, that, that one is, for me, an absolute must-watch. Uh, all right, next we had Gemini, which was a sort of neo-noir uh, style movie where it was a actress. Yeah, she was an actress. Um, famous person. Yeah, some famous person and her personal assistant, I guess. And... Um, you know, it shows some of their relationship and just some of their going-ons and doings and whatnot. And then the actress, the the assistant goes away to work. Who, comes the, back. who played the assistant, do you know? Um, no, but I will. <clears> the actress was Zoe Kravitz. And the detective, I'm assuming, was John Cho? Yes, the detective was John Cho. Um, the assistant was played by... Lola Kirk, Kirky, K I R K E. Um, Ricky Lake had a bit part in there. Yeah, because you know, because why not? Uh, so yeah, the assistant goes off to work that day, and then when she comes back, um, the movie star is dead, and like that you see in the trailer. So that's not a spoiler. Yeah. And so then the rest of the movie is uh, just her trying to figure out what happened. And since she was the last person to see her alive, obviously she's the main suspect. Yeah. And and I really, really enjoyed the movie until the end. Like I, so it wasn't even the whole third act; it was just the ending. Yeah, like so I really enjoy film noir, and like one of your top movies, if not your top movie from last year, was Too Late. <laughs> so I like that. I like the film noir in current settings. I like seeing the more updated uh, <clears throat> feel to it. And Jim and I did a lot of stuff really, really well. John Cho was underused. He almost had more of just a bit part, which was unfortunate. And so uh, one of the things that we'll get to in just a second with uh, Last Movie Star is Burt Reynolds had a line, the audience will forgive you for a terrible second act as long as you wow him with a third act or something along those lines. Jim and I had me for most of it. <laughs> it got to the end and I was like, really? That, 
That's how you're ending it? That is just so... Ugh. Like, it... <laughs> it's it's good. It's worth <clears throat> seeing. But, man, that ending just... It, it bugs me. Not in a disturbing sort of way, but more of just a... Did, like, the writers go on strike at the end? I don't... I don't know. Which, which was, again, really disappointing, because I really enjoyed the movie. But... They don't ask me. So yes, there's that one. Um, not a whole lot to say about it. It's good. It's worth checking out. Good film noir. Don't expect much from the ending. Alright, next up is uh, I Kill Giants. And I really wanted to see that one. But I think that that one only had one showing. And it was during one of the other movies that I also they, wanted to see. They only it. showed it on Sunday. They said they wanted to... I think in the book it says something like... They wanted to have that movie that can kind of wow you on the last day. Which... If you know anything about it, you know that it's a, a graphic novel adaptation. It's definitely not a superhero movie adaptation, so don't go into it with those kind of expectations. Well, and it's from the producers of <clears throat> the Harry Potter movies, right? Yeah, I think that I think that was in the trailers, but um, honestly, there's not a whole lot of giants <laughs> kind of stuff in the movie. Uh, I mean, you could tell that it's got big budget people in it, but they probably didn't have a very large budget for the entire movie. The best part of the movie is the the lead actress, like the the kind of quippy dialogue that she had <clears throat> in the movie. And her friend was was okay too in the movie, but uh, it just it was kind of it was a little underwhelming in my <laughs> opinion. It's yeah. unfortunate. the uh, The trailer to me felt like Flight of the Navigator meets Troll Hunter, but shinier. I don't even really know how to put it. It just <laughs> it, it's just kind of. It was okay. It was more of just a a drama. It, it really was just a drama with a you know some giants and crazy stuff in there. Well, the trailer seemed like it really played up that uh, fantasy element. Was there a lot of that? There wasn't because she. It was one of those deals where she's the only one seeing this stuff, the fantastical stuff that was in the trailer, so. It just wasn't in a whole lot of the movie. You said fantastical. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> yes. Testicle. Fantastical. Why? <laughs> Why, Tim? I don't know. I ask myself the same question every day when I wake up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it. I hate to say this. It literally could have been just a Lifetime movie without the giants in it. That's really disappointing. Yeah. Oh. Wasn't there a Lifetime movie with the giants in it? <laughs> Most Lifetime movies don't have giants in them. <laughs> oh, I was talking about the baseball team. Or football team, for that matter. Although, now I really want to see, like, Lifetime for Giants. <laughs> so, you know, like, like giants. Like, Andre and Goliath. Dead. Dead. What, like a, a movie of the week with giants in it? Like Yes. So like a bunch of giants. My best friend's girlfriend got raped. Yes. <laughs> like the, by, a a by a little person. And she's a giant. <laughs> the entire thing is awkward. 
So yeah, yeah I don't like this conversation. So can we talk about something else? Now? I love this conversation. But the, but the film festival is that kind of experience where you can go into it, and the one movie that I knew that I really wanted to see didn't really wow me, but I watched plenty of other things that did. So, so do you think maybe that was because there was a higher expectation with it, like with the rest Probably. of the stuff where it was just kind of like eh, but, fine. But it, like I said, it just didn't <clears throat> wasn't really as advertised, I guess. But I mean, I and I haven't read the graphic novel either, so. So. Yeah. So. I mean, I would still say check it out. It's not terrible or anything. It's just not <laughs> what I expect. Raving review. Yeah. Watch I Kill Giants. It's not terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible. Sounds about right. And uh, it's it's already <laughs> out on video on demand, um, yeah. streaming, whatever. Yeah. So. Worth checking out. So, uh, last one that we're talking about for tonight is one that we did all have a chance to see. Last Movie Star. And this one is about Burt Reynolds, who is a... Um, sort of a... Playing a fictionalized version of himself. But like a fictionalized version of exactly him. Because there's clips of him on talk shows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like he's interacting in his dream states with past versions of him, which I went back and forth on whether or not I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, Deliverance and uh, Smokey the Bandit. Yeah, is there another one? I think I think it was just those two, but maybe a few clips from. There him. was something with him on the Carson show. Well, I just meant where he was interacting with himself. Oh, I don't remember. But anyways, I yeah, will so say this about this movie. So we have a. Uh, you and I have a mutual friend who had something to do with this film um, in terms of either scripting it or shooting it or doing the lighting or something like that for it, um, which was Chris Blanton. Oh. He had something to do with the film. Um, so that was neat. Well, so it's about Burt Reynolds essentially playing himself out in Hollywood and uh, he gets a like lifetime achievement award with from the talking to his best friend Chevy Chase, <laughs> which I have a hard time. Are they really friends they, in real life? I hope not. I hope they really hate each other in real life. <laughs> I don't. It would make it would make that scene more interesting if they yeah. just couldn't stand each other. Sure. So he gets a like a lifetime achievement award from the International Nashville Film Festival, <laughs> I think, <laughs> which is basically uh, just like two friends showing movies on a projector in a bar. Um, but he doesn't know that when he gets the invitation. Yeah, so he shows up and he's <clears throat> just all upset because of like, I thought this was supposed to be a major thing and you know, like he's put up in a Motel 6 or not even that fancy <laughs> and... Motel 3. <laughs> <laughs> Motel 1 and a quarter. Uh, and his personal assistant for the weekend is... What's her name? Ariel Winter. Ariel Winter. And so it just not at all what he's expecting. But this one is the, of the ones that we saw, probably the most straightforward comedy, but also very, very heart-wrenching. Yeah. Um, not getting into spoilers, because this is like the opening scene. And this was hard for me. He goes to the vet with his dog, who is very, very old, and the vet says, here's what's going on. Uh, essentially, it can't be fixed, so we have to put your dog down. And his dog was like a little thing. I don't know what kind it was. A terrier of some sort. A little thing. I can't remember what kind of dog it was. But about two or three years ago, I had to put my dog down. So even just that opening scene 
I was just like, oh my god, I, I already want to cry, and I don't know anything. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sad. It, it definitely, for me at least, starting out started pulling on the heartstrings. And they could have just ended it there, but then they had to let him get into the car with the collar. And throw uh-huh. it over in the seat of the car, and then he goes home. <laughs> the empty dog bed. Car on the dog bed, and he's. Oh, it was so sad. You're like, it, okay, I get it. He's old and useless. Don't let us see any more of the dog stuff. <laughs> it was so. So I almost started crying the first five minutes, and then it got funny. Yeah, it was, which was really odd. <laughs> that kind of. Uh... <laughs> You okay there, Jess? Are you sure? Okay. Uh, yeah, then it... <laughs> then it got really funny. And um, it was set in part of Nashville and then Knoxville. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about the two of you, but I really enjoyed that. Like, especially... Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much Nashville, because it almost felt more like a stereotype of Nashville... But then I didn't Knox, recognize any of the locations in Nashville. Well, just like how they were showing some of the people, like it felt very isolated in terms of what they showed in Nashville. But Knoxville, it was like, oh, I, like I've been there, and this feels like a thing. And I, I don't know. It somehow made it much more real, almost, or just I don't know. There, there was a connection there for me, at least. So, <laughs> I'm going to go super shallow on this. Yeah, okay. Um, anybody that sees this movie, um, uh, Clark Duke's in it. He's funny. I mean, his, his like, douchebaggery charm, I guess you could call it, where he is literally just, like, I don't know. It's like he lied to him to get him there, but then that he, now that he's there... Um, he's trying to make the best of the situation for all parties involved was really cool. Um, because Clark Duke can pull off that, that kind of charm. That's one of the reasons I like him as an actor so much. Uh, Burt Reynolds did a great job playing essentially Burt Reynolds, (laughs) but he, I don't know, just, you see Burt Reynolds movies in the past and you watch them and you think, he was like that really cool, like, he was the man. He was the man's man for his his era, his generation or whatever. And you see this movie and you're just kind of like, you're kind of like touched at how he has aged, but also how he views the world. Um, and in the beginning, he views it like the world owes him something and gradually realizes that he needs to accept his place in the world now. Um, which doesn't, Which isn't one of those things where I'm saying like, forget you need to like he needs to like come to the conclusion that he's forgotten but he needs to be happy that people still celebrate him um yeah because the people who were there at the film film fest yeah really did love all of his works um now this brings me to the super shallow super (laughs) shitty me being a douchebag part of this um ariel winter's in the movie and if anybody's ever seen ariel winter uh, she plays a modern family she is the dorky child uh of the Dunphy family household. And I have watched that show since it started, since it came out. Um, so we have watched her grow up and now she has become this really, really pretty young lady 
She's probably in her. She's probably twenty at this point, um, which is gonna make me. It makes me feel gross. I'm not gonna lie <laughs> that I even like look at it this way. But the whole movie, she's running around literally in next to nothing. Truth. It's pretty much like <laughs> wardrobe. We need all of the stuff for Black Snake Moan. <laughs> Daisy Duke would have said, girl, put some pants on. Yeah. And so she is a very, um, she's a very busty lady. Um, she's, she by no means, I mean, she is curvaceous. She's, she's a beautiful woman. So are you woman. just complaining because it was distracting? Or? It was so distracting. <laughs> are you complaining because she was wearing too much? No, I'm complaining at the fact that they played with my emotions through the entire movie of maybe you will see something, maybe you won't. And if, that, if that's what they're trying to do to trick people into sitting through this entire film, which was still a good movie, mind you, well, she's not on the poster. <laughs> it's very, 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 very wrong to introduce that character into the movie, and then you sit through the whole thing thinking maybe you'll see something, and there's no payoff to it. So when you say playing with your emotions... I do mean my penis, yes, Nathan. That joke landed a minute ago, and I'll finish it, it for you It wasn't recording now. then. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was It was very much... Like, I was, I was irritated at that. You don't, you don't like irritated or chafed. <laughs> it was a good movie, and it did teach you a, a really good lesson that if you know if you ever do become famous, or if you ever are famous, or if you just think that the world owes you something, the best thing in the the best thing for you personally to do is to realize that the people that still celebrate you, you do need to you need to appreciate the fact that those people still exist. Because one day you are going to get to a point where most of the world's just going to look at you like, who are you? Or look at you like you're just some, you know, you're nothing. Well, like, I, why are you even there? I loved this movie. Like, area winners, butt cheeks hanging out aside. I, I, I really, really love this movie. Because it's hanging out to the side? <laughs> yes, hanging out to the side. <laughs> <clears throat> That she, fact. She, she, wore, she wore short shorts, but only put her legs in one <laughs> leg of them. That's <sighs> not what I meant. Uh, the you know. fact that it started out with me almost crying, it ended with me almost crying. People were leaving the theater crying, but so much laughter in between, and so much heart in between. Like, and it's a comedy, so there's not really spoilers, but like his sort of end goal in uh, Knoxville. It was just heart wrenching, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is really sad." But I was still really happy during most of it. And a movie that can play with your emotions, actual emotions, like your heart emotions, yeah, 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 yeah. not your I pant emotions. No, I get it. A movie that can that can have that entire range of of humor and uh, and sadness. Like it was just, I loved it. Yeah. I felt like it was very out of place at that. This was the, the definitely movie. the old people film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really was. Like, you know, he usually has that one where he's like, old people might come to this film festival. Let's play the Hank Williams movie. <laughs> I really, like, I really do believe, though, that this was, uh, mind you, this was much better than the Hank Williams movie. I haven't seen it. Um, but this movie was a big draw for the elderly crowd if they did so choose to come. I will say 
it did feel like the most out of place film that I've ever seen at the film festival, only because there were so many, like, it felt too big. Yeah, it felt too big to be like it felt too mainstream. Mm. Chevy Chase, Burt Reynolds, uh, Clark Duke, Clark Duke, Aaron Winter. I don't, I don't feel. Uh, I guess I don't guy, feel I that way so. because I know Chris lived in Nashville, so I think that probably played into some of well, his interest in the Yeah, film. I mean, I understand that too. Well, and it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a very good movie. Like, it wasn't out of place in terms of being a bad movie. It, some of it is also the movies that we pick, though. Like, I'll, I'll not speak for the two of you, but when I go to the Chat Film Fest, I intentionally go to the ones that I don't expect to see again. Or I don't expect mm-hmm. to see in the same way. So, like, there were some other movies, I think. I know there have definitely been movies in the past that were a lot more, quote, mainstream. And I think that if we had gone more towards some of those, then it wouldn't have felt quite so out of place. Yeah, I think. So I think some of it was just our choices. But anyway, so if you like good movies, and if you're a perv, <laughs> what's this movie? <laughs> or if you want to cry in the first few minutes because a dog dies. Look, outside of outside of my personal grief with this film, I would say everybody i think everybody should watch this movie because it is a great movie to teach you about like appreciating people celebrating you while you're still alive me i hate birthdays i hate my birthday i hate it when my wife last year was like do you want to do something for your birthday and i'm like no i don't want to do anything for my birthday i never want to do anything for my birthday but then this like i saw this movie and i thought you know what if there are people like i love going like if you guys have birthdays or if there's you know I love celebrating the fact that you guys are alive and that I get to be a part of that, even though begrudgingly, Nathan, you sometimes don't have a choice whether I'm a part of it or not. <laughs> I still love... Hey, guys. <laughs> I still... Thumbs up. I still love the fact that like I get to be a part of y'all's lives. That's why you know we cook dinner and have your families over to our house and do things. We like to celebrate you guys. And I really feel like... I'm running out of batteries. shutting <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the last movie star um, would be played at Burt Reynolds' funeral, and they just change. Like they go in and they just, just dub up Burt Reynolds. Yeah, they just dub over like Burt Reynolds' name. I don't know. I think this was a great way for 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 other generations that would never really know who Burt Reynolds was. You can be like, there was this one last film that he did, and it was amazing. And here it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Still sad about the dog. And and there is some hope. There is some redemption. Like, him learning a lesson isn't just saying, oh, I've learned my lesson. Like, he does things that make it very clear. Oh, like, your experiences actually are making a difference. And... No, oh, and he got a puppy. And he got a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So puppies are great. Good talk, guys. So my um, batteries are recharging now. If you didn't notice, my <laughs> beats into that. Get another sugar stick. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> I ate one, and like I'm already like my left foot is about <laughs> gone as my right foot. <laughs> uh, diabetes. Oh no. Uh, Alright, so next time we're going to be talking about movies that don't really fit a category. Because most of the other weeks, um, or most of the other episodes... Amorphous movies. <laughs> yes. 
pansexual movies. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're gonna be I don't talking. Think I understand what pansexual means. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about Night of the Comet, King Boxer, Mohawk, and Let the Corpses Tan. And it's, none, of, none of those are pansexual. It is really, really <laughs> difficult to think of a uh, a theme for those. Maybe by the time we record that one, I'll have a theme. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we're going to talk about on the next episode. Mm. And on the way out of this episode, um, now that we've had a good talk about the last movie star, uh, today we did lose one of the great movie stars. Um, Arlie Ermy passed away today. He did. Yeah. So, hmm. bye Gunny. It's been while it lasted. I don't know who that is. Really? I know this is your house and I apologize, <laughs> Jess, but f*** you, Nathan. Like, count your ass out and skull. <laughs> yeah, he was the drill sergeant in... Oh, him. Yeah. Oh. That's why I said bye Gunny. It was a good run while it lasted because he was... Oh, yeah, he's gone. So well, now I'm sad. I know. I meant to leave you on that. Why? Cause we were talking about the last movie star and wait to end on a downer. <laughs> That's your Debbie Downer. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, on that sad note, bye, Neil. Uh, <laughs> On that said note, that's been this, this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just do a search for the Gargoyle because it's a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. Um, you can find uh, previous episodes covering the Chat Film Fest and all of our upcoming episodes at gargoylereviews.blogspot.com. You can also follow me on um, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, that is where you can find me and Tim where you can find <laughs> you you can find me on at tfrady.wordpress.com um, my blog is called it stinks so yeah is it, is it just fart jokes no it's actually I talk about movies oh movies that are just fart jokes yes. hey guys <laughs> yes <laughs> So, if you like hearing or reading uh, film nerds ranting on about movies, follow me, follow Tim, um, follow Daniel, but that you're just going to have to find him and stalk him. <laughs> I, I honestly, honestly, uh, drop me notes on uh, WordPress and I will tell you where he's at most of the day. So, I will gladly help you in that endeavor, because that would be awesome. We have a GPS tracker on him and he doesn't know it. <laughs> well, we inserted it into him and he didn't know it. <laughs> And with that, we will leave you, and uh, we will see you next time for Amorphous Movies and other things, and I'll try to have a better title by then. Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. (laughs) We are not calling the episode that. (laughs) Did you read the cast from Broken? Bye, everybody. Bye. Rap talker is iced tea. <laughs> Daniel's reading the break. <laughs> We've lost Daniel for the night. Yes. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>